for the 23rd of January, 2024, this is the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup, reading you the news so you don't have to, and in no particular order. A Canadian judge, yes, we're talking about Canada, the first story out of the gate, Richard Mosley, ruled today that the invocation of the Emergencies Act by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in February of 2022, remember that time? Ah, good memories was unreasonable and violated Canada's rights charter. The act was used in response to the Freedom Convoy protests against COVID-19 vaccine mandates, which saw prolonged demonstrations and blockades in Ottawa and various border points. Now, the Emergencies Act grants the government additional powers during crisis, including the ability to ban public assemblies in certain areas and restrict travel. The decision to invoke it was challenged in court by the Canadian Civil Liberties Association and the Canadian Constitution Foundation that argued that the protest did not meet the legal threshold for such a drastic action. Contrastingly, though, a federal inquiry in February 2020, <laughs> in February of 2023, led by Justice Paul Rouleau, it's R-O-U-L-E-A-U, I don't have French in my tongue, found that the government had met the necessary threshold for using the act, describing the situation as a national emergency, but not dictatorial in nature. So we got one judge that says, nope, it wasn't constitutional. The other one says it was, and we had no decision. Fantastic. Love when things work out. Turkish MPs have approved Sweden's bid to join NATO, marking a significant advancement in Sweden's journey to NATO membership. Now, the decision does follow Sweden's application back in 2022, which was motivated by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They were delayed for a little bit before Turkey was able to get a backroom deal done. That's not the official story, but they somehow got it done. Now, the official story of why Turkey said, no, we have concerns over Sweden joining NATO is because of their alleged support for Kurdish separatists. And when the Turkish president Signs the legislation, which they're expecting to be soon. Hungary remains the only NATO member yet to ratify Sweden's membership. So, you know, they're going to get a backroom deal done, and then they'll be able to, Sweden will be able to join NATO. Again, do I have any proof of this? No, just history. But the official reason as to why Hungary is having issues with Sweden joining NATO is because they're accusing Swedish officials of moral superiority. It's what the article says. The U.S. military carried out airstrikes on three facilities in western Iraq near the Syrian border targeting the Iranian-backed Hezbollah militia group. These strikes were specifically in reaction to two recent incidents. First, militants used one-way attack drones at the Al-Ashad airbase, causing injuries to U.S. service members and damaging infrastructure. Secondly, there was a significant attack involving multiple ballistic missiles launched at the same base earlier in the week, marking it the most serious assault of this year by the militia. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin described the U.S. actions as necessary and proportionate in response to the escalating threats. Interesting side note, look up fat electrician and proportionate in YouTube, and you may like how the U.S. is proportional in their response to these types of things. Iran's in there, too, so they get a uh, starring role in that video. Kevin Monaghan was found guilty of second-degree murder in the fatal shooting of 20-year-old Kaylin Gillis. The incident occurred in upstate New York when Gillis and her friends mistakenly drove into Monaghan's driveway while searching for another house. As the group began to leave, Monaghan fired two shots from his porch with the second shot hitting Gillis in the neck. During the trial, Monaghan claimed the shooting was an accidental discharge due to a defective gun 
He testified that he felt his home was under siege when the group arrived and stated that the fatal shot was unintentional, occurring as he tripped and his shotgun hit the deck. The prosecution argued that Monaghan demonstrated depraved indifference to human life by firing at the SUV, acting out of anger. They also presented evidence contradicting Monaghan's claim of being asleep when the police arrived later that night. Kaylin Gillis, the victim, was remembered by her father as an animal lover who aspired to become a marine biologist or veterinarian. Her death happened just days after another similar incident in Kansas City, where a 16-year-old boy was wounded under comparable circumstances. Well, I didn't see this one coming. A federal appeals court has ruled that Mexico can proceed with its lawsuit against several U.S. gun manufacturers and a distributor. This decision overturns a previous district court ruling that had dismissed Mexico's claim under the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. The lawsuit, which Mexico claims is the first of its kind brought by a foreign government against the U.S. gun industry, argues that the defendants knowingly arm cartels and maintain a distribution system that facilitates illegal trafficking. Mexico links an increase to homicides in the expiration of the U.S. assault weapons ban in 2004 and the subsequent production and distribution of the defendants' firearms. It claims that between 342,000 and 597,000 weapons produced by the defendants are trafficked into Mexico annually, with 70 to 90% of the weapons recovered at crime scenes being trafficked from the United States. And Mexico is seeking at least $10 billion in damages. Now, this one is just funny. It went from, I didn't do anything wrong, to, yeah, I had that stuff in my house, but you obtained it illegally. Of course, we're talking about Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey, who is seeking to have a significant portion of the evidence in his bribery prosecution dismissed. His legal team argues that the evidence was obtained through an illegal search of his residence, which they claim was an act of revenge by investigators. Now, this all goes back to 2017, where Menendez faced a deadlock in a federal jury on 18 criminal charges in New Jersey related to accusations of accepting bribes from a Florida eye doctor in exchange for political favors, and the case was subsequently dropped by prosecutors. Now he's facing trial in May in a Manhattan court and is being charged along with his wife with accepting bribes, including cash, gold bars, and a luxury car over the past five years from three businessmen. His lawyers are now saying that the search warrants contain significant misrepresentations and omissions, and they describe the FBI search of Menendez's home on June 16, 2022, as excessively invasive, alleging that the agents forcefully entered and extensively searched the property, seizing items including cash and gold bars crucial to the government's case. Well, I've never known the cops just to knock politely on the door. Maybe that's just my experience. Well, it was only a matter of time before cryptocurrency and religion got together. And Pastor Eli Regalado and his wife, Caitlin, are accused by prosecutors of fraudulently raising over $3 million by selling a cryptocurrency called Index Coin, which is described as practically worthless. The couple reportedly profited at least $1.3 million from the scheme between June 2022 and April 2023. Eli Regalado claimed that his cryptocurrency plan was inspired by God, telling investors they would become wealthy by investing in Index Coin. This cryptocurrency was marketed to Christians in the Denver area through the Kingdom Wealth Exchange, an online exchange owned and operated by the Regalados. And despite having no experience in cryptocurrency, the Regalados continue to promote Index Coin as a low-risk, high-profit investment, even after a third-party auditor found it to be unsafe, unsecure, and riddled with technical problems. 
The funds raised were allegedly used for the couple's lavish lifestyle. Well, of course, if you're going to steal, you better may have some fun with it, including a Range Rover, luxury items, boat rentals, and snowmobile adventures. <gasps> they got an adventure. And in a video statement, the pastor acknowledged that index coin investors have been unable to withdraw funds, attributing this to a failed exchange technology. He also confirmed receiving $1.3 million, but claimed half went to the IRS and 200000 for a home remodel as instructed by God. India's stock market has surpassed Hong Kong's to become the world's fourth largest, reaching a total value of $4.3 trillion as of Monday. In contrast, Hong Kong's stock market has faced a challenging period, enduring its fourth consecutive year of losses and a decline in market value to $4.29 trillion. Now, this downturn is partly due to concerns over China's economic slowdown and political pressures on U.S. investors to reduce their investment in Chinese companies. Now, the performance of key stock indices reflect these trends. India's Nifty 50 index, hey, something that actually sounds right, has seen a remarkable 20% increase in 2023, marking its eighth consecutive year of gains. Meanwhile, Hong Kong's Hangshin Index, which includes shares of several major Chinese companies, ended the previous year with a 14% decline. And over Massachusetts, they have cleared President Donald Trump to appear on the ballot after dismissing two challenges seeking to exclude him. Now, these challenges are similar to the others across the country, citing the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause, arguing that Trump should be barred from the ballot due to his alleged involvement in a rebellion against the Constitution. While similar challenges in other states have been mostly unsuccessful, Colorado and Maine have taken steps to remove Trump's name from their primary ballots. However, these decisions are currently under appeal. Trump's Colorado case will be addressed by the U.S. Supreme Court starting in February, and a judgment in Maine's case has been postponed pending the Supreme Court's decision. And finally, Colonel Megan Sullivan previously in command of the 5th Brigade Engineer Battalion, 5th Security Force Assistance Brigade at Joint Base Lewis-McChord in Washington State, good lord, the naming, was relieved of her command on October 13th following allegations of multiple sexual assaults against male subordinates and a pattern of sexual harassment. This news was first reported by Military.com as part of their investigation into the 5th SFAB, which revealed issues with leadership and morale. The investigation included a review of an unredacted command climate survey, Army emails, voice recordings, videos, and text messages. It led to the firing of the brigade's commander, Colonel Jonathan Chung, who has since left the service. Sullivan, who has been reassigned to the I-Corps at the same installation, faces allegations of assaulting at least two male subordinates and harassing several others. These incidents were reportedly connected to alcohol abuse. And despite these serious allegations, Sullivan does not appear to be facing a court-martial. And these allegations against Sullivan are significant as male victims make up 10% of sexual assault cases in the military, a figure believed to be unreported due to societal stigma. Women constitute 6% of sexual harassment offenders, a statistic also likely underreported. Senior female officers like Sullivan are rarely offenders in the military, making her case unusual. And for January 23rd, 2024, this has been the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup. I hope your week is starting to look better. Hopefully, maybe, just, it's going to be a good year.